the Suns. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. leader. Coming off the court. You hear it straight from a Suns player with Burns and Gambo. Brought to you by America Roofing, Arizona's number one roofer online at americaroofingco.com. For a free estimate or 10% off any roof repair, that's americaroofingco.com. Yeah, we are off the court here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Our weekly visit with one of the Suns players as they are 2-1 and one to start the season. They've got the Golden State Warriors in town tonight, a game that you'll hear right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And joining us right now, we both saw him on the postgame show after the win against the L.A. Clippers, and we're looking forward to our conversation with Jock Landale, who joins us here on Burns and Gambo. Jock, I'm Dave. This is Gambo. Welcome to the show. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Well, we're enjoying watching you play and contribute to this team. And just talk about the journey from Australia to St. Mary's to the Summer League with Atlanta, then the Summer League with Milwaukee, to finally getting that shot with the Spurs last season. What was that like for you? Um, yeah, it was it was a bit of a dream come true, to be honest with you. But uh, at the time, I was competing for you know the potential to play in a gold gold medal game and when it all kind of went down. So um, it was a bit of a whirlwind and I wasn't really ever able to soak up the experience of kind of getting that, that phone call from, from Pop and, and Brian and, and all those guys over at the Spurs. But, you know, when I finally, you know, realised what was going on after after the, the bronze medal celebration settled down a little bit, I I was, I mean, I was chuffed. I was super excited with uh, where things landed and, um it was just a realization of a lot of hard work paying off. Yeah, I remember, you know, as a kid watching a guy named Andrew Gaze play for Seton Hall. I don't know if you yeah. know that name at all. You're, I do. He was my coach, actually, when I was growing up. He was your coach. Yeah. Wow, fast yeah. He no, was. I got a great relationship with him. He was a terrific basketball player, and but I just when you think of Australia, you think of rugby, you think of cricket. How popular is basketball in Australia? It's actually the fastest growing sport in Australia right now, so it's really on its way up into the upper echelon of sports. I think there's kind of a big three, and as you said, rugby, cricket, and our our local footy league AFL. Um, but basketball is starting to, you know, break through and really work its way out there. They're constantly selling out crowds down there. And um, I think since we won that first medal uh, at the Olympics and kind of the hype that Paddy Mills brought around it, and now you see the likes of Josh Giddy and Ben Simmons, who are obviously Australians doing really well in the NBA, There is a there's a lot of media attention on the sport itself and those individuals and it's i mean it's growing you know there's a there's a huge um commitment to the junior programs from from local kids but it just kind of runs you know people wear out and move away from it uh because of the lack of attention on our on our on our nbl uh in the past but you know now that that's changing with the help of the nba and their their partnership with the nbl we're seeing a huge boom in the sport and it's becoming really popular jacques landale our guest here on the burns and gambo show is the sun's taking on the warriors tonight tell me about the day you found out you were getting traded to the phoenix sons and what kind of thoughts start going through your head when you hear that news yeah it was it was pretty surreal man um I had actually turned my phone off uh, for a multiple days on end just because I was sick of, you know, 
your instincts during that trade period time um, is, you know, you're always checking what's going on, seeing if your name's being thrown around. And I, 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 it started wearing shit on me. So I turned my phone off and was sitting sitting with my uh, fiancé at, at that point in time, just, um, you know, having lunch during a, a hard day's practice. And uh, my agent kind of called her to say, hey, can you get Jocks to pick up his phone? I've got to talk to him about really, something really important. So she ended up handing the phone over to me and he said, well, you know, you're going to the Phoenix Suns. And and for me, having played against them, having experienced the fan base and the city and, and, and being able to kind of have a, have a little bit of a look inside of what they were doing, uh, also see their record throughout the year last year, it was kind of the ideal situation for me. You know, I... I figured that I'd be able to come in and really play well with CP and Bork and, and compliment those guys off the bench behind DA and for me that's 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 ideal um, you know I love the role that I've carved out for myself and um, I'm pumped to be helping this team you know off to a 2 and one start thus far I saw you. I saw you try to to move. See if anyone's teeth were moving last night. I mean, you got you got hit in the mouth pretty good, but the teeth stayed intact. The teeth stayed intact, and even if they didn't, as I said on that pregame show last night, I'd, I'd be pretty without teeth anyway. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be any. We had Luke Longley here, man. Can't be any worse than Luke Longley. Looks wise. Uh, no, no, he 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 wouldn't mind us saying that either. So I think yeah, I think I'm in good stead there. What was growing up in Australia, and 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 you say it's the fastest growing sport now, but what was it like 15 years ago? Uh, you know, when you were when you were just a kid and starting mm-hmm. to get into sports. Well, you know, a little bit about my backstory is it was so non-existent. I wasn't playing 15 years ago. I kind of only started playing uh, maybe 11 years, 10 years ago. So, um, you know, for me, it was it was pretty much non-existent at that point in time. You know, you, you watch the boomers when they were playing at the Olympics, but... There was no, you weren't really going to watch the local league. You know, there was none of that at that point. They were in a rotten time and they were on the verge of bankruptcy and folding. So, um, yeah, we we really weren't exposed to any kind of basketball. There was next to no, um, you know, televised NBA out there either. Unlike now, you know, they've got it on every day in Australia. But um, yeah, there just there just wasn't anything. Of it, you know, they 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 still had some kids camps, which I was involved in at a young age. But in terms of organised, you know, um, sports like AAU, for example, we have none of that, and we still don't have any of that. High school basketball is is non-existent out there because it's dominated by those big three sports. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done in that regard, and I hope to be a part of that and 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 help the sport kind of grow throughout Australia. And I want to build some programs down there at some point. Um, but yeah, growing up, I really wasn't doing a whole lot of that. I was playing AFL football. I was I was dabbling in some other sports, but yeah, basketball was kind of an afterthought. So how do you get into it then? If it's if it's, uh, I mean, eventually, guy, your size. I mean, you, you just you, you, yeah. you know, I mean, how how um, how do you get into it then? Well, for me, it was for, for me it was. Um, I got really lucky. I got unlucky, but lucky. I had a broken arm and had to go and see a doctor and kind of stumbled across some, some tryouts um, in in Geelong where I was going to school at that point in time. And um, 
you know, they had told me when I was about 14 that I had growth growth plates open to the size of like a six-year-old. So they said I was going to be I was going to be enormous. At that point, I was probably just just breaking six foot. Um, but they said, you know, you've probably got another nine to eleven inches uh, to go. And um, at that point, I just started. I was like, crap. Well, I'm probably too tall to be an AFL player. Um, you know, I'm too tall for any of these other sports. What can I go to? And you know, everyone knows that you know a lot of tall people play basketball. So I was like, all right, I'll sink my teeth into that and give that a crack. And it just kind of evolved from there. Wow, I, that would be fascinating to just like figure out how you how did you get competition? Like how do if there's not, if you're not playing in high school, I mean I'm sure there are some leagues around, but the competition yeah. probably not that good, correct? Yeah, no, it wasn't at that point in time. I think it's definitely gotten a lot better now that there are junior programs that are really taking the sport seriously. Um, but at that point in time, the only good competition was like the state level stuff. So in Australia, you know, a Cal- California would put a team together and they would play against Arizona type thing, and it would be a massive tournament of all of our states. And so that was kind of where that was the that was the goal. You needed to get there to really be seen and, and recognised. And that took me a few years to get there. Um, but at the time I was just it was a lot of you know it was a lot of practice off the court you know we were only practicing twice a week as a team so I had to do a lot of individual work uh, and I I was lucky enough to um, find a guy by the name of Simon Giovanni who was willing to put the time into me and um, you know still one of my best mates to this day and and, and kind of helped me to develop off the court and um, you know go as far as help me get to the NBA so um, it was just a lot of individual work playing once a week against men. Uh, for the most part, I was playing in kind of grown men leagues, but um, yeah, there was it wasn't professional whatsoever. It was just kind of a collection of guys playing hoops. This reminds me the other day, for the, right before the home opener, we were doing our show across the street at the Ainsworth, and there was this uh, this family, this family that came over. They listened to the show from Australia, and and we're talking. Right. We, we were talking. There was a family with you know a mother and a father and like three kids. And I'm like, how did you get into Phoenix Suns basketball? And they said, Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley and the Suns, and they were popular. Like, the Suns were popular back then with Charles Barkley. Do you remember anything about Barkley as a player, or is that before your time? That, that's yeah. That was before my time. As I said, I, I came into this sport only ten years ago, so I was I was late. Uh, I was late in, in in getting involved and and seeing. You know, I was watching the first time I was really watching hoops was when you know LeBron was going to Miami. So um, it's crazy how how little uh, I know about the history and and stuff. And I've tried to educate myself on it. And now you know, obviously, I've seen Charles play and and, and his era, but. Um, at that point in time, though, I had I had next to no idea that what was going on in this sport. I will say though, there are a lot of Australian fans of the Phoenix Sun. Like that's one thing I've known is a huge uptick uptick in kind of communication through social media or whatever it might be of people who are fans of the Phoenix Sun. So that's pretty cool. That's cool. I'm sure they're all listening to this interview right now, thinking it's pretty cool that we have you on. Hey, look, we've really enjoyed watching you play. You've been a, just a jolt of energy off that bench. It's been fun to watch. We appreciate your time today. Uh, good luck tonight against the Warriors, and uh, I'm sure we'll catch up with you at some point in the future. Thanks, Chuck.
Thanks, fellas. Cheers. Thanks, mate. That's uh, Chuck Landale joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Chuck Landale and Gambo giving him a mate on the might. way out the door. And by the way, I might. happy birthday to Chuck Landale as well, who uh, joined us on his birthday. Happy birthday, Chuck. Hopefully uh, you go out and celebrate with a big game tonight. Also, we got this note from the Suns. Limited tickets have been released and are available for tonight's game. No way. Say Warriors. It is true. Limited games, so limited tickets, I should say, have been released and are available for purchase for tonight's yeah. game. I would imagine if you go to suns.com, you would get all the information you would need <laughs> so, on that one. So good. If you got to go to a game, it's a, it can't get much better yeah, than that. It can't get much better. So I'm sure they'll go very, very, very quickly. When we come back, a revenge game for two members of the Vikings. Of course, you probably know which two we're referring to. We'll talk about that next here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Since we're going to talk Cardinals here in this part of the program, uh, it's as good a time as any to bring up Gambo's Facebook memory that just popped up a second ago. man. (laughs) All the good Uh, old days. Oh, it was a year ago today that... A year ago today, I was on the uh, the, the J. Will, Keyshawn, and Mac show. I was on their TV Doing show. What? Uh, they, they had me do a whole video thing with the Cardinals. Uh, you know, make, just just rag on Keyshawn. I got to rag on Keyshawn. And I'm holding up 7-0, and and I'm flipping up 7-0 and to the ground. I'm telling them how good Kyler Murray and the Cardinals are, and Keyshawn's just cracking up. Because I crack Keyshawn up. I do. It's when I, 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 get, I make Keyshawn laugh. And um, little did I know the Cardinals would, you know, play the way they did and finish the season the way they did. But at 7-0, and I had like a, a, a little feature uh, on their ESPN TV so you, like, show. Rec- Recorded yourself in your living room, yeah. and you're mocking Keyshawn, mocking and you're holding Keyshawn. up 7-0, and, yeah. and you got Cardinal highlights got going Cardinal on behind you, yeah. and they played it back on, oh, on their show. And and that was a year ago, huh? It was a year ago today. Man, 7-0 and Cardinals. It's been such a long year. <laughs> uh, like, this team's going to the playoffs. They might even go to the Super Bowl, Keyshawn. Honest to God. Uh, I really would like to see the Cardinals win so the fans control me. <laughs> uh, okay, Okay, Keisha. I was giving it to him good at seven and zero. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, really, when you think of, think about everything that's happened in the last year since the Cardinals were seven and zero, oh. it's, it's no, yeah, no, I think I was once. It's was, depressing. It's it's yeah. really honestly depressing when you think about every single thing that has happened since the Cardinals were seven and zero oh a year ago. So we'll try not to think about that too much, and instead, let's turn our attention, focus a little bit more on this Vikings game. We'll talk about it quite a bit, obviously, all week. Vikings are 5-1, and one, and of course, you think of the Vikings, and, and you think of the Vikings' ties with the Arizona Cardinals, and naturally, your brain goes to Patrick Peterson. And, and you know, revenge game for him, I doubt it. This is the second time he's played against the Cardinals, so I, I don't know if he's thinking about it like that. But there is another, maybe not as prominent as as. Patrick Peterson, no. but there's another former Cardinal member on that roster who, this time a year ago, was a much-discussed member of the Arizona Cardinals, and that's Jordan Hicks. Yeah, Jordan Hicks 
Hicks is, uh, you know, he's playing on that Vikings defense, but there is a lot of talk now that he may get uh, he may get unseated. Jordan Hicks has the third lowest defensive grade on the team, according to Pro Football Focus. Mm-hmm. His coverage grade is 79th among 82 qualifying linebackers. Now, I used to say this all the time with my talks with the Cardinals. The reason they didn't like Jordan Hicks is he couldn't cover anybody. Right. Like, he just couldn't cover. Smart guy, knew how to call the defense, knew where to be, but like you couldn't ask him to cover anybody. So they're saying with Hicks looking a step slow, it's curious as to why the Vikings didn't bring back Anthony Barr, who's on a cheaper contract and has better grades with the Cowboys. And now they're talking about giving with the youngster, Brian Asawa, some more playing time because he's, you know, he's quicker, he's faster, he can, he can play a little bit. Jordan's a smart football player and he's a short tackler, but man, the one thing about Jordan Hicks is not a guy that can go sideline to sideline oh, no. very fast. And he's not a guy, if you get one-on-one with him and a running back or a tight end, he's going to get burned because he just can't cover anybody. It's funny. I looked at the pro football focus numbers, too, before I saw your email and before I saw that story that you sent. I looked at the pro football focus numbers. I saw that they weren't very good. I looked up his number numbers, and I saw that they were very good. I mean, so far this year, Jordan Hicks has an interception. He's defended four passes. He's forced one fumble. He's got two sacks. He's got three quarterback hits. He's the leading tackler on the team in terms of 56 the number numbers have been good doesn't surprise me at all though that his pro football focus number might be that low because he does I, i'm looking at his pro football focus number now he just gets gashed for his coverage i mean just his no. his, his grade and coverage is so bad and and so you look at the traditional numbers and you look you know i don't watch every minute of minnesota vikings football i couldn't tell you exactly how jordan hicks is doing i look at the numbers and i'd say it looks like he's having a pretty good season but then you read the pro football focus grades you read the stuff. They, and here's what's funny to me about Jordan Hicks. Like, there was a time, there really was, and it wasn't that long ago, there was a time I would have paid a lot of attention to Jordan Hicks and how he's playing and how he's doing. That time has passed, and it's really easy why. Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Like, well, do you remember what, what, you remember what Kime said to us about Simmons just the, yesterday when we had Steve Kime on the show? Like, you know, and I said, you know, that, that we're talking about the play he made in the last game, that incredible play. And I was like, then I asked him, like, you know, what, what was it? You, when you were, go back to when you were scouting him. Like, did you see that? What did you? And he just talked about his ability to cover everybody. Like, he could cover anybody. Like, sure. he, and that's why. Like you've the best teams know when to move on from a Jordan Hicks and go to a younger player. The best teams have that guy. The Steelers were always the best at it back in the heyday. They were always the best at it. They'd let go of a player, be like, but he's still good for another year or two. But they wouldn't overpay the older guy. Sure. And they would always go with a younger guy that hey, we drafted this guy last year and he sat for a year, and now he's gonna play. Like it is a natural Transition from Jordan Hicks to Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon. It's a natural transition. It's what you want to happen. You want that to happen. Jordan Hicks came here. He was a good Cardinal for a number of years. Instead of paying him more money to not be able to cover anybody, move on and go with a younger player that, that can do those things. So that's what you want to happen. As long as the younger players are holding up their end of the and bargain. And it took an extra year. And, it and took it, an extra it, it year. It took an extra year and a couple of extra weeks and an extra year. I mean, when you think about it. Isaiah, but I thought Isaiah was good last he year. He was good last year, but think about the beginning of the year. All the snap count conversations, right? Think about Isaiah Simmons mm. at the beginning of the year, not playing 100% of the time. That's on him. Out there. I, I get it, but that's part of the conversation. It is. It I is. mean, whether, it is. whether you want to, that is part of the evaluation here. And now that he's playing 
nearly 100% of the time. And now that Zayvon Collins, you can't take him off the field. I mean, really, this isn't even an Isaiah Simmons conversation. This is much more a Zayvon Collins conversation. Zayvon Collins doesn't come off the field. He plays 100% of the snaps and has pretty much all year long. So as long as those two guys continue to do what they're doing, I don't give a rip what Jordan Hicks is doing. I mean, I like him. Good Cardinal. He was good when he was here. Very smart. And he certainly deserves our respect for what he did last year when his job was basically stripped from him and he went out and earned it back because those guys weren't ready. But as long as the two young inside linebackers are playing the way they're playing, it's victory. Because you're right. That's the progression of young players but, and what they're it, supposed to do in this league. is the same thing with Patrick Peterson? You drafted Byron Murphy high, second round, to because to, to, you thought he had potential to be a number one cornerback. Now he comes in, he's a slot corner, and he's a number one cornerback right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't know if they drafted him with the idea that he was going to be as good as Patrick Peterson. It allowed them to let Patrick Peterson go. It did, but I, I think it was a little different with Zavin and Isaiah. Like they, they thought they were getting high-end, elite defensive players, and I think with Byron, I don't know if they thought his ceiling was going to be as high as a Patrick. I mean, Patrick Peterson was a, what, seven-time Pro Bowler, eight-time Pro oh, yeah. Bowler? It's, it's I don't know if Byron that. Murphy's trending in that direction. No, he's but good, it, but I don't know if he's trending there. But you don't let a Patrick Peterson go if you don't have Byron Murphy. You didn't have Byron Murphy. You might have been like, oh, I'm probably going to have to resign Pat Pete. Now, they went out and got Malcolm Butler. They thought they could have a cheap one-year fix on Malcolm Butler to replace Patrick Peterson just to buy their guy some more time. But it is like, you know, the, the transition, Patrick Peterson to Byron Murphy and Jordan Hicks to, to, to Zabin and Isaiah. You're seeing that. Texas, your thoughts. The FanDuel Texas. Text line. It's open for you right now. 620-620. As always, you can text us your thoughts. We'll read the best ones on the air. What's the latest on a Jay Crowder trade? A new team in the mix that doesn't, on the surface, make a ton of sense. But we'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Sunday, presented by YRefi.com. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Yeah, every now and then we will. Uh, it's Sunday around here. We got a big game, big matchup coming up, and tonight we certainly do with that. The we Golden do. State Warriors, the defending NBA champs, in town for the first time. This is the first of two times the Suns are going to play him almost right out of the shoot. I think they have another game against them coming up in a week or two. Remember last year how much we were looking forward to the three games against the Warriors? Yes. It was a Christ- It was a November game, and it was like three games within a month of each other. One was on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And I think the Suns went one and two in those three games. But we were really, really looking forward to those three first three games against the Warriors. Yeah, we were. And I'm looking forward to tonight's game, too. Don't get me wrong. It's just so early in the season. And there's so much stuff that can happen between now and when it really matters. You know, that's probably a problem we're going to have all year long. That's a problem I'm going to have all year long with the Suns. But, it, but just take it for what it is. It's a game against the defending champs. And whatever time of the year it is, it's always fun to see how you measure up against a team like that. Because I'm sure the Suns will be very, very up for it. And selfishly, and I know this doesn't have any anything to do with anything I'm really looking forward to seeing the sunburst jerseys tonight that that just that speaks to my childhood, well, my young adulthood Suns fan. Yeah. When they busted yeah. out those sunbursts, the, the asymmetrical shorts where they had the the, the 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 logo on one side of the shorts and not on the other. Man, that is prime. Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley. Nice. Oh, nice. it's just like right my son's fandom wheelhouse. I can't wait to see those. I bet they're going to look really, really good. Uh, a guy we won't see wearing one of those and probably will never see wearing a Suns uniform again is Jake Crowder. 
about this her. This is getting so ridiculous. It's, I, it's I mean, beyond ridiculous. Well, is it? Or are we applauding the I... Suns for being patient and waiting for the right deal? I, I mean, mean, listen, the first thing you got to do is you got to blame Jay Crowder. Look, nobody's giving you a contract extension, dude. Like, nobody's giving one to you. You're if you're an older player in the final year of your deal. You're not getting a new contract. No team that's trading for you is like, oh, I want to sign Jay Crowder with a three-year deal. You got a great team in the Phoenix Suns with a chance to win. Guys, guys beg for opportunities like that, and you don't want to be here. I, I mean, I really am fed up with this whole Jay thing, and the fact that he still ha- hasn't been traded yet just makes it worse. Because again, I mean, he this is all because he wants a, a new contract. And but no, wherever you go, then I, you want to get traded to Milwaukee. Guess what? They're not giving you a new contract. They're not going to give you a new deal. Like, I mean, if somebody trades for him, it's very likely we like him and we think he can help us win right now, but we don't want to plan on giving him a three-year deal. So I, and he gets a good team, a really good team, and you don't want to be on it. So that's, you know, that is very frustrating. It is, because I, I can't imagine, and you're right, the role he's going to play for whatever team that trades for him, it's yeah. really not going to be that much different than the role he's playing no. for the Suns right now. No, and they're not going to, so, they're so, not going to sign you to a new deal. Right, and so your ability to earn your next contract, you know, that, that extension or a new contract, it, you're, it's going to be based off of the same playing time you would have gotten with the Suns anyway. So it is frustrating. It's disappointing. They're a better team with them. I wish he would just come back. It would make everything so much easier. It's so much simpler. But that doesn't appear it's going to happen. We talked with uh, James Jones about that last week for his weekly visit with us, and, and he didn't completely slam the door shut, but he pretty much made it sound like he wasn't going to come back. Now, there was a report from Shim Sharania yesterday about Jake Crowder and the Milwaukee Bucks maybe being interested. Yeah. So a couple of people started to take a look at the Bucks, and I'm looking at a story right now on the Athletic, and they said, "Yeah, Jay Crowder to the Bucks, sure, but it's kind of complicated. It's kind of complicated when you look at the salaries and trying to get them to match up. It's kind of complicated in what Milwaukee would probably have to give up to get them. Yeah, let's go through that. And as they point out in the article, it's kind of complicated because they just don't know what kind of role Jay Crowder would play. Well, here's there's not much that they could give up. Just like one or two players that they could give up. So here's here's what makes a lot of sense. The other makes no sense. Here are the players, okay. according to the story, that, that with the corresponding contracts that could be included in a trade close to Crowder's salary. Okay. All right, Brooke Lopez at fourteen they're million. Not, they're not trading. Not trading him. him. No. George Hill at four million. You don't want him. Marjan Beauchamp. Two and a half million. You don't want him. Thanis and Tentacumpo, and of course they're not trading him because he's there to you know be Giannis's caddy. Grayson Allen is the other name on the list. He's at eight and a half million. I would tell. I would tell. I would make that trade. I would make that trade, but I don't know why the Bucks would make that trade. Why would you trade the best shooter on your team? You know, you got to surround Giannis with the right t- teams. Like, look, they're built on toughness already, right? Drew Holiday's a tough son of a gun, and Wes Matthews is a tough son of a gun. They're built on being a tough team. So, like, I don't know why you know Jay makes a you know, Jay makes a lot of sense for them. Grayson Allen can knock down open shots all day long. I watched a video of him earlier; where he knocked down eleven in a row in a practice, but he shot like forty percent from three point range last year. Yeah. He is an elite shooter. I mean, I would take if you if James Jones could get Grayson Allen for Jay Crowder, sign me up. I'll take it. I know it's, you know, it's it's not the it's not the power forward position that you may be looking for, but he can knock down shots. I don't know why the Bucks would move off of their best shooter to go get Jay Crowder. It doesn't make a lot of sense well, to me. That's the thing. Nobody does, right? I no. mean, like this article I'm reading basically made the same point. Like it's okay, Jay's a nice player, but they even went so far as to kind of wonder where Jay would play in a playoff rotation. Would he start? How many minutes would he get? Gordis could play the three and the four. Giannis could play the three and the four. 
You know, Brooke Lopez could play you know center. You know, Portis could play center at times. Abaca, yeah. I don't really know where he met, where he, where he would fit either. I mean, I don't really know where he would fit because you've got guys that are intercha- inter- interchangeable. You know, Portis and Giannis can play the four and the five. Both of those guys can play power forward and center. So, like, I don't, I don't really get it. Um, I know that they're kind of they like that that tough style, and it's it, it is the East. And when you go up against Miami, and you go up against Philly, and and you want to have the the more toughness, the better. Yeah, but you're also but you gotta have shooter. You want a shooter out there. Yeah, Grayson yeah. Allen is a legit shooter. Like, look at his numbers from last. He shot forty one percent from three point range last year. Yeah, you want to give that up? No, and and that's why it doesn't like. Okay, you can say the Milwaukee. Bucks, but then you start looking at the boy and you go, "Who? All right, like who exactly? Hills cooked. matches up, and he, I don't want Hill. Hill, Hill Listen, th- th- that would be he's cooked. He's he can play. He's just not as good as he, he used to be. A good player. He's he's an okay player now. He's an okay player, but he's cooked. You're not going to get you're not going to get valuable minutes in the playoffs for out of George Hill. There are other players. Um, Joe Ingles comes to mind. Pat Connaughton comes to mind. <sighs> Those are guys. They're not trade eligible until later in the season because of their contractual situations. So if we're talking patience here, something like December 15th, January 15th, Ingles is coming off an ACL injury. He won't return until January as it is. Uh, Connaughton hasn't played yet because of a a calf injury. And he could shoot. And he's he's a good, tough player. I I like him. Yeah, he he could shoot the basketball. So if you're willing to wait for one of those guys, okay, maybe. I I mean, to your point, Man, if the Milwaukee Bucks want to trade Grayson Allen for Jay Crowder, knock okay. yourself out. I'll do it. I, I don't think they do. Twenty-seven-year-old first-round pick to. shooter. I'll I'll take that. But and that could that be? Listen, we talked about. I, I we've talked about this. Like, could they wait until more guys are available? And I said yes. I said yes. It could be that they've got a deal worked out. It could be that they know in the back if they can't get a great deal now. That in the back of mind they've got a team that's willing to make a trade, a, a Pat Connaughton or somebody come to, come December. You know, well, look, we're in November next week. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, can you it's wait? Not that far away. Can you wait six weeks? Yeah. To get a guy that you like rather than make a trade. Now, I think you would rather have the guy now where I was like, I'd rather wait and get the better player. You wanted somebody right away. But it very well could be that it ends up being a player that's just not trade eligible at this point. Well, as always, it depends on the player, too. You know, I mean, I I can sit here and say I want to make a deal now. But if you know you've got a deal in your pocket that you can make in mid-December that's for a better player, then and 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 you've got to find a deal that beats that now or you don't make the deal. Sure. And that's that's exactly what. It is, and so you wait if that's if that's the case. And then another theory that was put out there by our friend Greg Esposito, and uh, I didn't listen to the podcast, so I don't know what he said about it. But he tweeted, and I thought, okay, this is an interesting thought. Dario Saric has only played two minutes so far this season. Are they holding him back in case he's part of a Jay Crowder trade to add more salary to make it a bigger deal? Is that I, even possible? I mean, now you're talking. Now you're in the twenty million dollars. Now range. you're in the twenty million dollar range. Two expiring contracts. Yep. What twenty million dollar player are you getting? Presumably two expiring contracts. Presumably one who's going to impact your roster then more than then you're giving up draft picks. Nobody wants Dario Saric. Well, unless a team is just looking at the expiry. You still have to sweeten it with a draft pick. Yeah, you still have to sweeten it with something. But presumably, you're doing that for a $20 million player who's going to come in and make you a lot better. 
See, and that's and when I saw Espo's tweet today, and he was just he he even called it tinfoil hat speculation. Like he was just pure. I'm just speculating here. But Dario, he's right. He's only played two minutes so far this season. We haven't seen him at all. He played all summer in the Euro League. He got terrible. minutes there. He wasn't very he good. Was terrible. But you would think the Suns would at least try him a little bit more to see what he's got as a backup four, as a backup small ball five. If they're going five out, they really haven't done that. He's not going to play over Landale right now, and he's not going to play over Bismack Biombo. But as a backup four, you can play up a little backup four with backup, Jay Crowder out. Yeah, or or if you want to have him as a backup five, if you're going small. And you want five shooters out there, but I, it got me wondering if Dario. The reason why he's not getting a lot of playing time is in part because they're they're not hiding him, but just kind of stashing him away in case he's going to be part of some other bigger deal. Listen, I don't know. I, I don't know. Listen, I, I like Grayson Allen, and outside of shooting, if you ever need to trip somebody, he's 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 the best at it. I was he say, is the best at it of, of all the players that he is. He's not. He's not the coolest dude in the NBA, right? He's he's not. He's kind of a, he's kind of a punk. I, as soon as I saw his name, I thought, "Oh man, him!" Right, I got to root for but, him. But you've uh, had plenty of punks that have played on the Phoenix Suns. You've liked the punks. Some of them when they were when Danny Ainge was on the Phoenix okay, Suns, yeah, it was a punk. Oh, he was a punk. Yeah, I hated Danny Ainge until he got here, and as soon as he was my punk, you I'm like, "Yeah, him. welcome to the team, my punk. You're my guy now." <laughs> I hated you a year ago when you were with Portland. And I love you now. Text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 here on the Burns and Gamble Show. If you've got any thoughts about what the Suns should do about Jay Crowder. When we come back, there was already one leadership change for ASU this year. Is it time for another? We'll get into that coming up here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, uh, it's your choice, Gambo. Choose your own content here at the 345 segment of the Burns and Gambo show. Okay. Do you want the speculation or do you want the column first? What do you want to talk about? Hit the speculation. Yeah, I want to hit, the speculation hit the speculation. First. Okay. Hit it. Pac-12 insider, frequent guest of the Burns and Gambo show, John Wilner. It's been a while since we've had Wilner on. We might need to we might need to give him a call at some point sometime in the next week or two. John Wilner tweeted out this morning, uh, Pac-12 insider from the San Jose Mercury News, feels like a newsy day in the Pac-12. That's a as a, a guy who gets inside information and breaks stories. That's a hint. He he's the that's guy who hint. broke USC and UCLA leaving for yeah. the Big Ten. That's, that's, I, he, that's, he, that's, that's a hint. It's a hint. Feels like a newsy day in the Pac-12. Yeah. And then he followed Followed it up with a tweet in which he said, by the way, this has nothing to do with the media rights deal for the Pac-12. Because that was the first thing I thought of when I saw it, that maybe the, the deal was going to come down today. Immediate speculation from some connected with the ASU program that the news might have been a change at athletic director for ASU. Mm. Almost to, to, to the point where I will tell you that... DevilsDigest.com tweeted out this morning, Ray Anderson is present at ASU football practice today. <laughs> Just our, letting you know. Our buddy Chris Cartman from SunDevilSource.com, within the same 30-second time span, tweeted out exactly the same thing. Ray Ray's Anderson here. is present at ASU's football practice today. Just in case. Devil's Digest went so far as to tweet out, and took a screenshot of it, don't know if any haboob in recent memory has created as much smoke as the rumors today circulating regarding potential changes in ASU's athletic department. 
Now, Wilner hasn't, to the best of my knowledge, hasn't followed it up with anything else. So whatever newsy thing he was talking about hasn't happened yet. But there's been some speculation that maybe something might be happening. And then there was a very strongly worded column from our buddy Chris Cartman over at SunDevilSource.com yep. today. It's past time for ASU to move on from Ray Anderson. And that's where speculation meets somebody who knows about this stuff, who wrote about this stuff today. Yeah, it was a it was a great column by Chris and just basically saying it's time. It's time for a change at ASU, a change in leadership. And he goes over a whole, a whole bunch of different reasons why, which and he points out some like really good reasons why this year the Sun Devils lost a game in which its opponent did not score a touchdown for the first time since 1984. They started the season 1-4 and four for the first time since 76. Here's the key. They had their worst announced home attendance against Washington for any game since the stadium was expanded in the 60s and they'll almost certainly have their worst attended season in more than 50 years. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to do it. You know, he, when, when he hired... When he hired Herm Edwards, he was all over like it's it's time we're you know we're not successful. He said there's no reason we shouldn't be every year in the top 15 nationally if we do what we're supposed to do. Well, in that time frame, they've never finished in the AP top 25 under Herm. They never won the Pac-12 South Division. They didn't like there was not the success. Herm is gone. You got the investigation into the football recruiting improprieties. That's that's there. You had to pay a buyout for Herm to go away and give him millions of dollars. Yeah, I don't think that Ray Anderson should be the aide. I've said this before, and I think you have too. I don't think that Ray Anderson should be the athletic director at Arizona State. I have no idea why he is. I mean, he's the one that made that hire. And, you know, you don't have a new basketball facility. You, the program is, look, and ASU will end up being fine in football. I truly believe that they will. They'll mm-hmm. hire a coach and they'll get back to being the mediocre program they always are. <laughs> Yay! Um, they will. <laughs> Woohoo! They will. Yeah. <laughs> they'll get back to being that, you know, How that, exciting. You want a fifth place, fifth place bowl game? You're going to get a fifth place bowl game. Because <laughs> that's what we do at that's ASU. What we do. That's what we do. We go to El Paso. We go to El Paso. Forks up. <laughs> <laughs> we go down. You on that bus? Oh, you on that bus, El Paso? Uh, I'm on that bus. Every year, you had the same buses booked. It's Greyhound. They have it booked every year for El Paso. Yeah. No, it's it's just the truth. I mean, I'll get. But I'm I'm not worried about ASU falling into this abyss like some people are. ASU will be fine. They'll hire a decent coach. They'll get kids to come play here. It's Tempe, Arizona. The weather's really nice right now when you're playing football in October and November. And you know, it's 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 a, it's it's a good school. Like there's a lot to like it. They'll be fine. They'll get right back to being the, me- the mediocre program they always were. Yeah. To be the top three program that Ray Anderson wants them to be. That I don't. I don't see that in my lifetime. I'm, I think I'll be dead and buried by the time that happens. Yeah, I, I don't see it either. I mean, look, I've I've lived here my whole life. It, it other than the Frank Cush days, it, it hasn't really happened. I mean, other yeah. than the magical '87 team, the the '96 right. team. What conference team, were they in then? Uh, well, they were in the WAC. They were back the WAC. then in the '70s. Right. Yeah, you yeah. Know, go look at the competition in the WAC. The 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 run of success they had under Bruce Snyder. The run of success they had under Jeff Van Raphorst. I mean, that was a long, long, long time ago. I think what interests me more than anything is, is that Michael Crow. Has has always has always striven to do things a little bit differently there, right? The Ray Anderson hire was a little out of the box. And the Herm Edwards hire was definitely a little out of the box. And I wonder if Michael Crow is now recognizing that maybe it's time to actually get in the box. 
You know, maybe it's time to actually do things traditionally. If he gets in the box, he's going to find out what's in the what's box. In the, what's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. What's in the box? I'm uh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Directed by David Fincher, oh, released in gosh. 1997. And remind me to never do that again, Mitch. Starring Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, Gwyneth R- Paltrow. Remind me to never do Kevin that Spacey. again. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> Great movie. Um, Great movie, yes. What's in the box? Um... But quit thinking outside of the box. Go hire a traditional athletic director. Not somebody who used to work with the NFL who's trying it for the first time. Go hire a traditional college was, football coach. Not Gene, somebody who hasn't Gene done it in 30 Smith years. A traditional AD? He was, but Michael Crow didn't hire him. Michael Crow tried to do something. That was, Gene Smith was a long time ago, man. That was a that, you know, like Kevin White. Gene that was Smith. a long time ago. Long time ago. Long time ago. I'm saying those also traditional ads. They they, they were, but under Michael Crow, that's my point. No. Is that he's he's trying? Let's do something different. Let's innovate. Let's create. Let's do something outside of the box. I don't know. Maybe try something traditional and see where that goes. You know, because it's been a while since we've had. That. I mean, look, both of those guys, Kevin White. Was so good here, he got the Notre Dame job. Yes. Gene Smith was so good here, he got the Ohio State job. You yearn for the days of guys coming to ASU and doing so well that big programs want them? Coaches. Well, I mean, you had it with athletic directors. I want a coach. You had two guys who were really, really good. Traditional athletic directors who did, were like, man, yeah. that's impressive you're doing that there. Come to Ohio State, I be s- our guy. I say this all the time, and it may sound crazy, but there's logic behind it. Trust me. I cannot wait for the day that ASU has a football Football or basketball coach that somebody says, I'm going to hire that guy away from ASU. A good program. I'm going to hire that because you know what that means? They had success. Yeah. That means that guy was really good. He did a great job. I can't wait for that Dude, day. You're going to hey, hey, wait a long time. I know. I've been waiting a long been waiting 26 years. I've been here. a long time. Keep waiting. Keep waiting. Come One here. other note. Come to my, my, come to my uh, mausoleum and when it happens and just let me know. Hey! Dambo. <laughs> They actually had a coach that got hired by another if program. I'm visiting you mm. when you're dead, I'm not updating you on ASU football. You're not? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. I mean, unless that's what you want. If that's your dying wish, then yeah, I suppose. This got morbid real quick. I was thinking I had the TV in there and then some music playing and everything, too, in mine. That's what you want for your mausoleum? For mausoleum, yeah. It's a nice place to come, hang out, watch a game. I feel like I'm part of the action. God, it's got dark. It's got really dark. <laughs> By the way, also from Chris Cartman, Sean Aguano yeah. had direct involvement in offensive play calling during practice today. That has not been the case previously. Aguano said yesterday he's going to, quote, be very, very, very involved, close quote, in the offense moving forward. Did ASU just get themselves a new play caller after what happened last week with Emory Jones and Stanford? Because it sure sounds like it. Seven straight possessions, five punts, one missed field goal, one interception. Sounds like the head coach just took it. Why not? Why not? You're, you're fighting, oh, I, I'm not you're arguing for your job. I'm not right arguing now. the counter. I'm just saying it sounds like he's like, you know what? I saw what happened, and it's time for me to do it now. Right. I have no problem with that. When we come back, highly anticipated jersey deb- debut, more bad news for the Diamondbacks. Maybe we can speculate a little bit on who's next at point guard for the Suns. All of that coming up in the 4 o'clock reset.